Hi, and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to 9 to 42, uh, the podcast from the guys at the Guitar Show UK. Um, Jason Hunt is sat with me, I can see him on screen. How are you, Jace? I'm all right, Ant. How are you? I'm really well. I'm really well. Um, as long as we don't talk about Dominic Cummings and Boris Johnson, I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> uh, and that will contextualise this podcast for anybody listening to this in 2024. Um if we get to 2024 no let's 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 be more positive than that um yes i'm f- i'm fine how are you yeah i'm good i've had a, a really good week um put together a new pedal board which was quite exciting <laughs> um uh, what else have i done um yeah nothing nothing right. just a new pedal board um i i um i started on the subject of because we haven't talked much about gear and guitars on the no. Guitar Show podcast. So maybe we should indulge ourselves just for a couple of minutes. On this on this topic, um, I was talking to somebody the other day who's a luthier who's I think is going to have a mess about with my um, my strap for me because I've got a I've got a Japanese 62 reissue. It's from 1986. And because I'm a huge Marillion fan, um, when I had it in the sort of the late uh, well early 90s I had it battered around, so I had an EMG put in it, and I had—I oh, uh, didn't—he uses a—he uses a Kayla Trem, and I don't or Kayla Carl Trem, and I, which I didn't like the idea of. So I had a—I had a Wilkinson Trem put in it, um, and an EMG put in it. So consequently, that meant a battery compartment, and uh, and, I, and I want it back to—I want it back to how it originally was, but I've lost all the bits. All the bits actually got well; they didn't get lost; they got stolen. Um, so all the bits have disappeared. So I haven't got the original tram. I haven't got the original pickup that was in the bridge. I've since taken the EMG out and put a a, a, a hot rails, see more mm. hot rails in the in the in the um, bridge. But I want it back to a strat. So I was talking to somebody this week about how I how I would do that, and he's going to fill it and you know change, put a different tram in and get it back to being something like it originally was. Yeah, there's something um, I've got a I've got a parts caster really strat. And um, one of the things, I went over to see Rob Williams, a guitar maker, last summer. And uh, he was sorting out a, a Les Paul of mine. And uh, while we were sitting around drinking coffee, just chewing the fat afterwards, um, I was playing all of his guitars, all of which was just incredible. Um, but he said, uh, do you want to have a go on my 62 Strat? And I'd never played a vintage instrument, like a proper vintage instrument before. You know, I mean, because when I bought some of my guitars in the 80s, those sort of like second, just second-hand guitars, which are now vintage because they were from the 70s, is the only experience I've got. So I played this 62 Strat and I realised just how incredibly different a genuine vintage Strat feels compared to a modern-day Strat. Yeah. And I, I, I swear to God, I hate Strats. I mean, I just despise them. I can't get a decent sound out of a bridge pickup on any of them. And then I played Rob 62 and it was the most wonderful thing. And you realize that, you know, and I, I you know, I fully understand the economics of it, that, you know, corners are cut these days in yeah. the mass production. The forearm chamfer and rods, Rob's was just, it was so much deeper. 
and and the belly cut was deeper as well and you realize that actually it takes a long time to shave off that much wood hence the reason why we're not going to shave off that much wood anymore um but it just made the whole guitar a much more ergonomic Mm. experience it was really tactile which is something i never had um with a relatively modern strap um so when i got a part caster built i had it based on a 62 so it's got you know the additional chamfering and, and so on and i was playing it yesterday and then put the pedal board together and it's wonderful <laughs> mm. i i i this this is the one guitar that stuck with me all the time when i've been through lots of other stuff um, you know, I've never been a Gibson fan. It's always been Fender for me, and then and then other things. But I mean, I've gone through American Strats, I've gone through Tellys, I've gone through any number of different things, and this is the one that's never, ever gone away. Um, and and I just want it back to being. I want it to. It's a beautiful thing in Seafoam Green, and I just, and I just want it. You know, I don't. I'm, I don't like the battery compartment on the back now, and all those things. I just want it. Want it back to how it should be. Um, so yeah, that's become my little. End up chatting to a guy I know, um, who is actually the guitar tech for um, uh, for Steve Rothery, actually bizarrely, and uh, and he's going to uh, he's going to do some he's going to do some work on it for me. So so yeah, so I, same sort of thing because I'm not I haven't bought anything guitar wise for ages, but um, but I think I'm going to have the. I'm gonna have that. I've been saying that. I've been thinking about this for five years. I've been thinking about this about as long as I've been thinking about the tattoo. So, to, you know, there's no guarantee it's gonna it's gonna happen anytime soon. Though to be fair, the tattoo is gonna happen as soon as we sit down in your office next because it's that's that I can see that coming. But, uh, but yes. Anyway, uh, we we digress uh, and have been told off for digressing. But what the hell? Talk about guitars on the Guitar Show podcast. No, no reason not to. No, not at all. There we are. Yeah, cool. Um, anything exciting happened to you this week, music wise? Because uh, we haven't talked about new music or anything through the lockdown, have we? Oh, I've had um, I've had a sort of a, a, a bumper Amazon delivery oh, of okay. stuff that I'd had on pre-order. You know, as soon as you kind of get the notification that you know you can order it, it will be out in whatever yeah. time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, in fact, uh, I have uh, the new Butch Walker album. Ah, I, I love Butch Walker. Um, I have the new Jason Isbell album, uh, which is just incredible. And I have the new Brian Fallon album all all sitting there. Plus, I bought Pet Sounds because I've never owned it. Mm. (laughs) So I thought I should. Mm. So um, so that's what Amazon have delivered this week. Uh, Well, I've... uh... On your recommendation, I um, listened to the Rob Thomas album produced by Butch Walker. Oh yeah, and it's excellent, absolutely excellent. That's that, that's had quite a few. That's had quite a few plays. But unlike you, I'm a streamer, so I've just been uh, I've just been dipping in and out of Spotify. But I think my Spotify reach has got a lot further. I've been following. I've been doing that Wikipedia black hole thing on Spotify. You know where you click on something and then it. And then you end up clicking on something else, and you click on something else, and what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been doing a bit of that, which has been quite, which has been quite nice. But the Rob Thomas thing, uh, yeah, that was good because I've not listened to to Rob Thomas for for quite uh, quite a while. And then I found myself exploring Air's back catalogue, which I know isn't very guitar-y based, um, but uh, that gets a bit weird in places. I wanted something a bit kind of ambient and a bit kind of, you know, yeah, uh, to, to go with. We were we were having something to eat last night. I thought oh, a bit of background music, something a bit weird. And we had a, well, not that as weird. It's 
very mainstream. But when you let it carry on, when you let Spotify carry on and they start to find the rarities and the B-sides, it gets a bit odd, a bit quick. Um, but, <laughs> I've only got good. one album by them. can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's probably Moon Safari, the same one that everybody else has got. Yes, that's the one. Yes, that's the one. Yes, that's the one. Anyway, anyway. so um, we've got another interview for you this week because we... Uh, we chatted to, uh, and as per normal, I'll let you say the name. Uh, Earl Slick, which was a, a real um, treat and uh, an unexpected bonus. And we've mentioned this before on the podcast because Earl was uh, locked down uh, with Glenn Matlock. So the two of them play in a band, uh, the International Swingers, if uh, if if memory serves yeah um and which is funny because i've been listening to a bit of that stuff as well and actually yeah that, 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 there's some quite nice stuff in there as well that glenn's been been doing or they've been doing um and i didn't realize that clem burke was on drums yeah i know Blonde, blondie's old uh old old drummer uh or still blondie's drummer i don't know um so they they'd been doing some stuff together and and earl got locked down with glenn um and so when we interviewed glenn we got we got Earl as a bonus. I know that was a real, uh, it's a treat. So when Glenn's PR, Sasha said, um, do you want to interview Glenn? I was like, yeah, yeah. Said, and Earl's locked down with him. So do you want me to ask Earl if you can interview him as well? I was like, um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it was in the, and it was fascinating. And he is very, he's a, he's a, a really lovely chap. I mean, I always said that about everybody. He was a really lovely chap. Really, really very generous with his time. Uh, and we we caught, we captured a nice little interview. In fact, we ought to say thank you to Sasha at some point because we've we've done quite well out of Sasha, haven't we so far? Uh, we have, we have. I was talking to her yesterday, and uh, I think we're going to do even better. Yes, yes, yes. More more coming uh, from Sasha, which is great. So thanks, Sasha. Um, so we'll we'll hand off and we'll leave you with Earl. Um, we did capture we captured probably about ten minutes more uh, than we've been able to publish simply because we had our first zoom dilemma uh, a load of the a load of the stuff from the middle of the interview uh, literally disappeared because zoom had a little bit of a wobble so we we've rescued about 25 26 minutes worth of uh, of interview we you know there was a little bit more which unfortunately there was, we we tried any number of ways to cobble it together so it made any kind of sense but it literally there was no way of of doing it because it kept cutting off unfortunately You'd get 20 seconds, then you'd lose 20 seconds and what have you. And we, we rescued as much as we could. It's still illuminating. You'll still enjoy it. And he is a fairly infectious uh, fairly infectious character. So we'll leave you in the capable hands uh, of, of Jace, myself and Earl Slick. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Hand gel. Look at that. Let me touch this before I look at you guys. <laughs> All right, I got it. I've got, I've got one of them. Aha! Uh-huh. How much was yours? Mine was five quid. Uh, <laughs> five I, quid? I, yeah. yeah. That's the going right. It's a going right hand gel. Jesus, I mean, I must have put about 200 quid of this in my hands just in the last week. Yeah. You, the, 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 only, the only problem now is if you bulk bought toilet roll and you've still got any left, then you're screwed because everywhere's got it back in stock. So, but you're always going to use it, though, aren't you? Yeah, but if well, you... you if, know what? You wait till the second wave, and then you could sell definitely. it for, like, 50 quid a roll. <laughs> wait till the second wave. And on that cheery thought. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, I'm Anthony. I'm Ant. Hi. I'm Jason. Hey, guys. 
Um, and thank you very much for being available to, to chat. Um, obviously, we didn't realize there was kind of a men behaving badly, Jack Lemmon, Walter Matthau thing going on uh, at, at Glenn's <laughs> house until he mentioned it. So, uh, so it's, it's kind of great to, to, to be able to do this, really. Um, we need we, to get a film crew in here on some days. It's, it's pretty ripe. <laughs> well, well we said, that was one of the things we talked about before we, uh, before we were chatting this morning to get a few questions together. And, uh, and one of the things we said is we do hope they're filming some of, of what's going on in that house at the moment because it's got to be good content. No, it's, it's pretty funny. We just haven't gotten it together. You know, maybe we could hire a, a guy to social distantly yeah. film us. Anyway, um, so yeah, we've, we've put a few, we've, we've got a few questions uh, together, which I believe, Jace, you've got written down. We've got a little oh. quick fire round for you, which we'll do. So we, we'll, we'll do a few sort of uh, 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 questions and then we've got a little quick fire round. And then I, I need to reminisce with you um, because we've actually been in the same room together, I think. It's just that you don't know it. Okay. So we, but we can do that a bit further on. I'll let you, I'll let you worry about that. While we, uh, while, while, while we crack I'll on. I'll ponder that. Yeah, ponder that. Yeah. It may, I might be totally wrong on that, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a stab at it. Anyway, Jace, you have, you yeah, have questions, don't you? I, I do have, uh, I have some uh, random questions. So, uh, what, are, what are you doing here right now? Are you, are you stuck in London or are you living in the UK? Or? Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm kind of sort of stuck. Uh, you know, we finished up some gigs and then... Um, just as we finished up, and I had I had booked a flight back in March. Uh, the United States did this, um, the first of of the limiting flights back and forth. And right when he did that, it seemed everybody wanted to beat the deadline, and they all flew into Kennedy at the same time, right in the midst of this yeah. virus. Yeah. I said, you know what? That's really not the safest place to be. And considering that every show we've got is cancelled, I just stayed here. Mm. Yeah, the footage at that time when you saw people being herded through like Chicago and New York airports and there was lines like half a mile long in corridors of people squashed together and you thought, you know, how's that, how's that helping? Well, look at what happened to New York after that. Put it together. Yeah. 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 You know, so anyway, I saw that and I said, okay, maybe I just should sit tight. So here I am. Yeah, and you had but, somewhere to stay, so that was that was handy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying know. to get over this. I'm still finding this all a bit I'm surreal. Anymore, this like isolation thing does start to crack you up after a while. Yeah, yeah. Are you aware that you've got some painting to do? Yes, I, I, you know we had a plan about the painting, but then uh you kind of need to be a little bit too close together to paint mm. so we'll have to just put that off till later right right okay okay we'll have to keep us in the loop on that so we know what's oh, going no. on we, we, it will get done yeah it's probably the only thing that our audience are going to hang on to for the remainder of this podcast is just how's that decorating coming so you will have to you will have to keep us you keep we'll us talk about that later yeah 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 <laughs> yeah so yes. uh, so yeah i was i was um i was looking at your um track record um on the wikipedia page and you, you have played with some of the most incredible uh people and and i was just wondering how did you start doing that kind of sideman to absolute massive stars thing really i mean you know i like everybody else at the time you know going back into my late teens and so was um 
writing songs. I have my own bands. And when I got the call to audition for David Bowie, um, I actually had a really good band at the time that was close to being signed. And I had to make a decision, which wasn't that hard to make, considering at that time, uh, Mick Bronson had just left, so I would be the replacement for Mick, that uh, David had really hit it with, with Ziggy. And then the Diamond Dogs tour at that time. So it was like a no-brainer because at that point, David hit his first really big peak. Mm. And because of that, and, you know, the notoriety I got from that and working with David, uh, that I, obviously I became more visible to people. And, you know, um, also through the years, you do get called sometimes based on your associations. Yeah. And that's what does happen. It's like, you know, so you've worked with David Bowie and then this guy goes, well, wow, he's worked with David Bowie. Let's get him. And then that just keeps going. So, and, and, you know, throughout your career, you seem to have had your own band as well, you know, Phantom Rocker and Slick, uh, Dirty White Boy and so on. Is there a different kind of mindset that you have to have when it's your own thing rather than being in someone else's band? The only, the main difference in the mindset is from the business point of view. Uh, when you're in somebody else's band, their business is already set up and you walk in and you do your, you know, you just become part of an organization that's already there. Yeah. When you're doing your own band, I, I, I didn't treat the music any differently or the performances any differently, but it's from the business end, then it's up to you as being a founder of a band to, uh, put together the business end. That's really was the only, the biggest difference to me was that. Right. Okay. Cause you, you I think I was reading that you left David Bowie because was it your management fell out with his management and then, you know, and uh, what was it that we were talking about? Oh, it was uh, then Stevie Ray Vaughan replaced you and then his management fell out with David's management. And it's, it's kind of, you know, it, it, goes, it, <laughs> it goes back further than, than Stevie because, the, the first fallout happened right, oh, I, I would say about a month or so or two months after uh, Station to Station was finished and we were getting ready to go on tour. And yes, our managers had a falling out. They were the same manager. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody could put that one together, we were both being managed by the same guy. David had a falling out with a manager and I didn't. Right. And and David's new representative was then having a falling out with my manager, who was David's manager. And it just went to shit. Mm. Pre pretty much what happened. And the shame about it was, is that uh, that was in 1976. So I never did the um, uh, the tour to, uh, to promote the uh, station record. And... Um, it wasn't until 1983 when, when we did the uh, uh, Serious Moonlight tour, which Stevie Ray was supposed to have done because he had done the Let's Dance album, that me and David had this, sat down uh, and, and had a coffee the first day I came back because we needed to clear the air from mm. years before. And as it turns out, we were both being lied to and manipulated, yeah. and neither one of us had anything to do with it. As I imagine everybody would suspect in that 
in that scenario, which is awful, really. No, it's a, it's a, it's a all too familiar situation that you're right. It's really kind of lousy. Referring from that then, uh, because it seems like it's the same for Stevie Ray as well. So you, you didn't get a chance to play on the tour from the album that you contributed to. Right. And then ended up doing a tour and Stevie didn't get to play well, on the album. That he okay. This is probably confusing the crap out of everybody, but <laughs> you really got nothing else to do but sit around and make sure you don't get germs. We can have fun with this. Uh, st- I hadn't spoken to David from that time that the blow up happened, for, yeah. you know, uh, when I left uh, the uh, station tour. So, you know, uh, the first time we'd seen each other was when I flew into Brussels to start the tour. Yeah. So we had the cleanup time in there. So hence I didn't play on the, on the uh, Let's Dance record because I was persona non grata at the yeah, time. Yeah, at the time. point I was making was it's, it's kind of ironic that you end up not, that the one tour you don't get to play on was the one when you'd contributed to the album. Oh, you know what? You're right. You know what? After all these years, I hadn't thought about that. You know, I was promoting I'll... Stevie's record, but I never got to promote mine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I guess... You know, the tour for the album is the one that will always have the most tracks played from the album, just as a kind of a, a rule of thumb, you would guess. Yeah. So so even though tracks from that album will have been played on future tours, it won't have been the same as actually being on the tour for the record, because that's when you might play six, seven tracks from the album. True. Um, you know, and obviously, if you've put a lot of time and, and effort and emotion into um, into those tracks, that, that just it just seems a shame, really um you know from um for, for, for your perspective and, and to a certain extent the same for stevie with the with the other ones it just seemed it just it, felt a know, little ironic for me yeah it, it is um but the thing is it's, it's when when you're in the middle of it and you're doing the tour it's the last thing on your mind yeah. really because yeah. you've got this excitement and you've got the music and you've got the stage and you're traveling yeah. and the last thing you're thinking about is is that i mean you may think about about it in hindsight as we're talking about it now but yeah it's not a thought at the time yeah one thing i need to ask i'm sorry this is indulgent from me um and then, and i kind of know what you you're probably going to say but what is that moment like when you you're stood on stage and you're you just open up with a bowie riff that's something that's so iconic so the point that you just kick off with rebel rebel or whatever it might be i mean that must be an incredible moment it's um Funny thing is, is that uh, the, the only part of the show where you get, I think where you're going is that, that rush of the opening yeah. up with the, yeah, yeah. that's usually happens at, at the very first song or two yeah. of a two and a half hour to three hour show. Yeah. After that, you go into this, automatic pilot mode which yeah. is so cool because i don't think about what key the songs are in yeah the chords i don't i matter of fact all thinking just kind of ceases yeah uh for the remainder of the show and you just end up in this zone and and a, a two and a half to three hour show can go by in a blink and that's usually the best shows because it just means you're just there. Mm. That's the part, you know, that's why I think a lot of us do this. It's, it's, you know, you gear a 24 hour a day on the road towards those two or three hours in which you just disappear off the planet, which is yeah. great. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, 
I'm going to really spacey. Uh, no, no, actually, it, it kind of, it kind of didn't. It kind of, um, I, I was kind of trying to sort of see if there was that moment where you were suddenly zoned into the moment because you were the focal point. But I can get what you're saying about it's that bit when you start, and then it, it's almost like you know, because it is, it, it, it's it's a choreograph choreographed performance to a certain extent so like you say you go into autopilot mode and you go go through i suppose the only way to a certain extent you can deal with it is to be like that that it, that you just have to because i guess if you stopped and thought wow there's ten thousand people here screaming at me you brought you might you might you know you might struggle a bit well you know what happens too is if you get con- too conscious of certain things around you at a big gig like that you just lose your momentum well, I'm, I'm going to ask my question now about, because um, I think we, we might have been in the same space at some point in the past, only because when I um, was at university, which was late 80s, early 90s, I was quite a hair rock fan. And so I went through all the kind of the, you know, the Bon Jovi's and the Def Leppard's and all that kind of thing, very much that late 80s, early 90s scene. And one of the bands that I went to see quite regularly was Magnum. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I have a sneaking suspicion, today, right? <laughs> I have got a sneaking suspicion that I saw you play with Dirty White Boy. You probably did because that's about the time we would have been over here doing a bunch of dates opening for them. Yeah, because I, I, um, I have the album, uh, which isn't on my shelf up there. It's actually in my ex. Oh, I don't play CDs very much, so my CDs are all over the place. But I have the album that I bought at the time. I've, I tended to buy a lot of um, support act albums when I saw support acts if I enjoyed them. And I remember enjoying the show, and I remember that you know I remember that when the single came out, and and uh, and I was trying to then piece it all together. And obviously when. You know, when we found out that we were going to be able to talk to you today, it was, it was, and I was going through a list, and I was like, Dirty White Boy, yep, I know exactly where I was. So I don't know what year it was, whether it was 89 or 90, and I can't remember the venue, and I've tried to find the ticket, because I, I keep all my, my ticket wow. stuff as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm thinking it, it was probably, it was 90, it wasn't 89, yeah. it was 90, yeah. Um, right. Well, I will have been at university, so if you played either Leeds or Bradford, there's a very good chance it was one of those two. Yeah, I can't remember, you yeah. know, where the I, dates were. I'll find out. I will find I'm out because I will yeah. have the ticket, and I, and I will mm-hmm. – uh, but, yes, that was – so I, I did think we'd been in the same space at one point. We were time. then, yes. And we were then, right. Well, that's yeah. in which case I'm not going crazy then. It was a good gig. I enjoyed it. I, I, I you know. I don't uh-huh. remember a lot of that one because it was so short. We didn't yeah, do yeah. a lot of dates with that band. We were over here for maybe a couple of months. That was it. Mm. Yeah, and it wasn't, and they were more, uh, I mean, I'm not saying they were a, a, a proggy band because they weren't, but I mean, they were a slightly different style. You know, uh, I seem to recall to you, I mean, they were, uh, even then, Magnum were, uh, they weren't part of that kind of what I would class as that 80s sort of, you know, soft rock. Sort of no, thing. they were. If I remember correctly, they were kind of an edgy pop rock band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is really what it was, and I don't remember much else about them because yeah. I, I didn't really, I hadn't heard of them before that. Mm. Uh, and the tour was only a few months, and that was that. You mm. know, they um, never really, they never really made it in the U.S. They never really transferred. No, they around. never. No, they didn't. No, they. Try, I think they were one album they tried to do that where they got a lot of big kind of production 
value involved and it's it kind of you know to, to kind of to try and hit that u.s market but it, it just never worked for them and then it's, they went back I, I to what they, they, did. they did well here because if i remember we were doing decent size halls yeah 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 they were they were uh yeah you'd you'd be going to university and sort of venues and you'd be going to you know a couple of thousand kind of um, yeah that's people. what i remember a few thousand yeah. two or three yeah, thousand yeah, yeah that'd be that much yeah. Sorry. Well, that's I'm I'm now happy to know that okay, I wasn't well, imagining that. We've got that cleared yes, up. That's, that, so so we do know each other. So it's lovely lovely to see you again. <laughs> Great honestly. to see you. Yeah. 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 Nice you, yeah. You, you you're keeping really well. You look you look you look great. Um. You know. Um. Jay, should we go on to our, our quick no, fire I, I round? I'd just like to say that I've also been in the same room because I saw you with the dolls. Um, See that's that, fuck. That's 2011. That's... You it? got that. You got the year right. That was that's pretty recent. So I remember that. Yeah. Uh, what was it like being in the dolls? It was great because, you know, um, I actually grew up in the same area of New York as David Johansson did. And we'd run into each other over the years, but we, we didn't really know each other. So, and when, I, when a buddy of mine said they need a guitar player to do this tour, I said, you know what? I'd love to do that because I wanted to work with Johansson. So, you know, it was more than worth it. From, and it was fun. Drum roll, and we will go into our quick fire round. Which, yeah. when we did quick fire with Glenn, it lasted about fifteen minutes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> why am I not surprised? Oh, oh dear! The thing was, halfway through the quick fire round, he went to go and fetch props. He went to go and fetch things to show oh. us. It was, so, uh, yeah. So, I'll, quick, quick. I got it. I'll spare. I'll spare us. I okay. Think. Right. So, so. What uh, one thing in your career are you most proud of? Then I'm still doing it. Excellent. Great answer. That's going to be hard to beat. If you could have a dinner party with three people, doesn't necessarily have to be music, they don't have to be alive. Who would you, who would you like to go to dinner with? My kids, the three of them. Oh, you're nailing this. That's also a great answer. (laughs) Uh, which piece of gear do you wish you'd never sold? Ooh. There's a lot of them. Uh, I would think the one I wish I hadn't sold was my 1965 Telecaster that I bought new. Yeah. Cool. That, yeah, I can say that. Um, what color was it? It, it was, it was uh, the cream. Right with a maple neck. And I actually, what I ended up doing was, is I had gotten the tally, but then I wanted to get an SG. And back at, at that age, in those times, you didn't own guitars. a slew of guitars. Mm-hmm. So when you were ready to get a new one, you sold the old one. But the old one really wasn't old then. Right yeah. now, the thing, wherever it is, is worth a fortune. <laughs> so, and I loved it, you know, but I wanted to get an SG because I'd seen Clapton play in one. Right. So I sold the telly and took that money and then put it towards the SG. I still have that though. So the telly is there in spirit. (laughs) Um, And what's the best gig you've ever been to? Been to? Yeah. Oh God. Um, I think the first time I saw Buddy Guy. Oh, right. At a place called the Ritz Theater on Staten Island a really long time ago. Wow. Really long time ago. Yeah. That's a, that's a great answer as well. Oh, yeah. I love Buddy. Hmm. And uh, what's the first thing you're going to do post-lockdown? 
wow look for a job (laughs) (laughs) i can't wait to play that's really i can't wait to get back on a stage again yeah are you and glenn playing together uh, in the house no not really um he'll go for a walk or i'll go for a walk and i've been in a hotel up until a couple days ago right uh and now i'm back here again and um not really i mean it's it's you do get is i mean i don't know i can't speak for for glenn but you can get into some really weird head spaces and i'm sure you guys have mm. been there yeah you know lack of motivation or just spacing out and it's hard to get glued together sometimes yeah yeah i get that i mean i'll Would sit there and play my guitar or whatever you know and just to keep you know my brain alive but uh we no we really haven't Oh, that was that was one thing I got written down that we didn't we didn't talk about really. Was you got your own brand of guitars, haven't you? Slick yeah. guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, I I've got the brand of guitars was an offshoot of of, of my brand of straps. Um, mm. I have a friend of mine that I've known forever that that uh, put together a company called GuitarFetish.com, which has been around for at least a dozen years now, and he makes everything you need for a guitar. It's like if you need a little spring that goes under your pickup or literally a screw that holds in a tuning head or bridges and hardware pickups, he has his own brand of guitar. So I had been making straps at home for myself and he saw them one day, they were hand painted and he really liked them. So we started to manufacture those and they went on to guitarfetish.com in like the slick section. And they did pretty good, so we decided to do some guitars, which are, um, you know, um, low prices and decent quality. Mm. And yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm a businessman now. <laughs> well, I would, I'm I'm now going to ask a very um, cheeky question, but um, Earl, would you would you sign us a guitar strap of yours and 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 let us have one obviously we'll you know we'll we'll sort out the relative costs and everything because i just think it'd be a really nice thing to give away by the podcast sure um uh, i mean obviously i don't know when that will be so neither do i because i mean we'd have to get it shipped over because we everything that we do is by mail order that's how i'm able to do this because yeah. there's no physical store yeah it all gets drop shipped out of the u.s yeah well, that's that's fine, and 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 whatever it whatever it takes. But if there's any way you could you could sign as a uh, one of your straps that we could give away, I just think it'd be a great. Absolutely, little... shoot me an email after we're done with this, and then I'll I'll contact the US and have one sent over. Unless I have one with me, which I might. Okay. okay. Uh, do you want to um, do you want to get Glenn to send me your email address because he's got yes. my email address. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I've got the straps I have here. Maybe the ones that I made by hand for me. You ain't getting those, but no, 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 no. We, no, we can't, can't figure that because I get attached to those things. I mean, they're so worn out. Uh, yeah. but no, let me, let me, yeah, we'll figure it out. That, that'd, be, right. that, that'd be absolutely perfect. That'd yeah. be great. That'd be great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, it was, fun. It was we, shit, it's it's noon plus 19 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Now yeah. I got to fill up the rest of the day. Which yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we can do this again tomorrow if you like. <laughs> you know what? I mean, if we could, we could kill from let's like, say eleven fifty to twelve nineteen every day. Yeah, that's fine. We could do that. <laughs> we could, we could do that. I mean, the other thing is, um, 
I understand there's some paint fairly close by, so I mean, you know, feel free to to, to just paint a room. Um, I'll be right over. Yeah, <laughs> it's been fantastic. It really Thank has you. been an fantastic. absolute pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and and I've certainly uh, I've certainly learned a lot, which is great. But uh, yeah, I, I do hope you get home soon. I, I hope you get to have that meal with your kids as well as soon as possible. Thank you. I hope you guys hold up. You know, with all this, and uh, at least you get to do this every day. It's not too bad. Well, this is the thing. I mean, we, um, you know, we'd, we'd started off with the idea of a podcast. We recorded a few interviews at the, at the show this year. And then when the lockdown hit, we were like, oh, that's going to kill this project. And then we worked out that we could do some of it remotely. And actually what it's ended up doing is it's, it's breathe, it, you know, there's a, lot, a whole lot of momentum and life in this project now that might not have been there had we not had to find workarounds well, to make yeah, it happen. Organizing and finding people would have been a, uh, one thing. Now it's easy to find them. Yeah. They're all yeah. locked up in their houses. Everybody yeah. is wanting to talk, and they wanted to talk like straight yeah. away. Or yeah. locked up with bass players. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, we, we're, doing this, <laughs> we're doing this as a service. You're getting this on the national health for your, for your mental well-being. This is actually, oh. uh, we're, we're funded by the NHS just to keep you going through this time. I got it. Yeah, this is my, my corona therapy. This is your corona <laughs> therapy. You're, you're, you're getting that. So, uh, so yeah, we're the, all, all, all part of the service. Do we need our... to summon up the old man again? I mean, Glenn? <laughs> um, no, because we won't get to eat till about three o'clock if we invite him back in the room. He's gonna, he's gonna come back with his joke book. All right, gents, I guess we're done. Yeah, we're we done. are done. Thank you so that much. That was actually superb. Say goodbye, Glenn. Bye, Glenn. Bye, Glenn. They said goodbye, Glenn. You have to say it now. Goodbye, Glenn. <laughs> bye, Glenn. Take care. Yes. Bye, bye, bye. bye. And we're back, and uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, listening to it again while I edited it, I I'd forgotten how much fun it was. Uh, it was really... fun. It was really good fun. He's a uh, he's like I think you said an infectious character, yeah. you know. And uh, I mean, he's played with just the most incredible list of artists. It's just unreal. Yeah, we didn't really manage to get into exactly that list so you know if you get a chance to do a little bit of research on what earl's earl's actually touched it over his his musical career it is quite it's a phenomenal list well i've tried to get a, a, an idea of it on the um podcast uh, podcast spotify playlist yes yes which actually is worth reminding people we put a playlist out with every episode and it isn't just the top five songs of that person. We try and we try and look and get give you four or five examples of different points in their career. So um, you know, so it isn't you're not just listening to for argument's sake. Uh, Phil X is not a live Bon Jovi track that he played on. It is a it's a mix of all the things. So if you haven't checked those out yet, and they're only five, they're five tracks each, aren't they? I think each one. Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, looking at it, and uh, so you got Earl Slick solo, you got David Bowie, obviously. John Lennon, yeah, John <laughs> he's on Lennon. the double fantasy album. <laughs> it's just insane. John Lennon, I, 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 you know, I think that, you know, given how good he was to interview, the reason why you get those gigs is by not being a dick, really. Yeah, yeah. we can confirm for the record, Earl Slick is not a dick. No, no, he's a very nice man. He's a very, very, very nice man. Yes. And there you have it. So, um, so what have we got 
What have we got next? What have we got coming up? So we've got Erwin Sparks next from the Hoosiers, yes. um, who we spoke to a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's got his new album out. Uh, it'll, it comes out uh, tomorrow as we're mm. recording this. Um, so it, it'll have been out a week and three days um, by the time the podcast goes live. I was um, listening to a few of the tracks that he's put out, um, and I have to say it's quite different from the Hoosiers. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Really, I really, uh, really liked it. I, I really like it as well. It's much more introspective than the Hoosiers. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a there's a great deal of humour in the Hoosiers, which is you know there's a great deal of humour in Irwin as well. Yes. Um, but uh, this is very different. Um, not in a better or worse way. It's just very different. Uh, yeah. I I really enjoyed the, what was it called the rainy day in the shed sessions or something. Yeah. It's up on uh, yeah. Spotify at the moment. Yes, it is. It is introspective's right. Um, I think it. Um, I think it's. Um, it talks very much to where, to where Irwin is in his personal life and the things he's going, he's experiencing. And I think it's a real nice reflection on on kind of where he's where he's at. So I would I would certainly say to anybody have a listen to that to that stuff. But we can talk about that a little bit more, a little bit more next week. Um, but what I think we're going to try and do. Um, is we'll put a little clip of the interview uh, up in a second just so you get some kind of idea uh, of what that's going to sound like. We're going to start trying to put a little bit of the, 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 the upcoming episode on the end just to whet your appetite, just to yeah. keep you flocking back in the way that you currently are, which is great. So thank you very much for everybody. Um, I have nothing else to add, really, Jace. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you. Not me. So... No. Um... Thanks, Anne, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. If you like it, please tell everybody else about it. Please share it. Please subscribe, all the normal things. That would be great. Leave a review. That's also fantastic. Uh, And we will talk to you. We'll talk to you next week. See you then. Bye-bye. Coming next time on 9 to 42. It would be remiss of us not to talk a little bit about the Hoosiers. Of course. Um... But uh, and I feel I'm going to steal Jason's thunder here because you go for I, it, mate. Okay, is that all right? Yeah. yeah. App- apparently, you were voted worst band ever by Enemy. <laughs> oh wow! There. When I th- I was thinking, okay, they're going to ask some real like obvious question like, "Who's Ray? Are you still worried about him?" But I got yeah. the I got the kick in the ghoulies <laughs> question. Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. Hold up. 